Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. To the sweet sounds of Kevin Bloody Wilson. This is part two of Hump Day with Swanee and Friends, but it's really part one because we've got special guest Abby Holmes. Thank you for joining us. Hello. Hello. Good day, guys. Welcome to the Madhouse. You have no idea what you've walked into. <laughs> Thank you for having no. me. How'd you manage to get Abby to come in, please? I, I had to bribe her. Um, no, no, she I was much obliging, which is nice of you to come in. I just asked her, really, yeah. which is well, not hard to do, Dane. You just say, hey, we'd yeah. just ask yeah, a question, really. Exactly, yeah. Dane's hey. not good at it. Dane's <laughs> a bad asker. He's a really He's bad asker. He's not asked one of his friends. Yeah. Who's the biggest him? name? Biggest name that you've brought into the podcast? Dane? Just but by I, asking. Heath uh, Shaw. Hey, no one. He, we've had Ed. On, but that, did you uh, ask you, Ed? Did you ask Ed? I, I thought, are you talking about me personally? Who <laughs> yeah, I've yeah. brought yeah. <laughs> Myself. Yeah. <laughs> Every week he brings himself. That's I don't, I don't like people. I don't like asking people to do things. But you. But the thing is, you're not asking them to do it. You're asking them well, if they would like to do it, and they make the decision themselves if they want to do it. You know. Yeah, but I don't like people putting their pressure on and people if you don't to do ask, things for me. You'll never know exactly. I don't like people doing things for me. So <laughs> they're not doing it for you. They might be doing it for themselves. Like you know, they might be pushing. I don't know. Maybe are, are you a good asker, Abby? No. Uh, probably not. No, I, no, I might be in that category as well. Yeah. I'll just do it myself. Someone asked me, yeah. can you get him to do it? I'll go, fuck yeah, I'll say, I'll say, yeah, I'll get it. And I'll just go and do it myself. <laughs> yeah. So what's happening in, uh, in your work life, please, at the moment? Uh, so obviously AFLW. Mm. It's been a big year for mm. you. Been a huge yeah. year. Two Plenty seasons. going on. Two seasons. Um, 11 months straight of football. So I am oh. crawling to the finish line, AFLW grand final this weekend, which will be incredible. Yep. I'm in Springfield of all places. Where, where's that? Sp- exactly. Exactly. Legitimately, good, where good is question. it? Good question. It's about... 40 minutes out of Brizzy, I think Ipswich way. That's a new training base, Dane. Why yes. can't they use and Dane, have you trained? The <laughs> Cricket. No, I haven't played it. Cricket I've at the Gabba. Cricket. Guns and Roses at Metricon. Really? Um, yeah, so Springfield has actually never hosted a game of football. No. And <laughs> they are christening it with the AFLW yeah. Grand Final, which will be amazing. <laughs> Apparently it looks phenomenal. And is there so a grandstand in it? Or is it yeah, yeah, yeah. How many yeah. people does it hold? <coughs> Couldn't tell you. Right. Couldn't tell you, but yeah, it's just been a massive year on the, on the football front. Obviously, we started the seventh of January uh, down in Frankston for round one of the AFLW season <laughs> six. What'd you learn about Frankston? Giving a year in Adelaide, girl. Oh look, it's an interesting <laughs> place, isn't it? Very similar. What are they call it Fr- Franger. <laughs> yeah, Franger. Yeah. Um, I actually don't mind it. It's beautiful yeah, ground. It's nice to have footy with the sun setting. It was great to do street I still beating. <laughs> still beating the drum down there. All the locals. Yep. Like, yeah. Yeah. We got. I got abused and hurled. 
Wait, so you've played there? I did play in down the in VFL Frankston, days. yeah. Yeah, in the VFL. They used to bang the drum and just hurl abuse at you, mm. which was, I guess, how you want it for a home ground. Yeah. And, and so doing all year round, like v- mm. AFLW, AFL, AFLW, that's almost like your playing days, wasn't it? Because didn't you play at Darwin in the off-season for a while? Yeah, you, yeah. You were doing year-round? Yep, so Darwin, um, big part of my story, obviously. But when I first moved up there, I was still playing netball and then that's where I kind of fell into playing footy through the girls that I, I played on the court with. So, yeah, we played netball for six months of the year, footy for six months of the year. They didn't clash. Um, so it was just sport all year round up there and I absolutely loved it. What's the most amount of goals you kicked in a year, Dane? AFL. Yes. Fuck. For mid-30s, probably. <laughs> Abby, please. 105 or 14. <laughs> a bit better than mine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's good going. In how many games? 14. That's an average of a lot. <laughs> <laughs> many years ago now, many years ago. Now, you just say before we start that your body's stuffed. Uh, mm. When you got a dad bod, that's when your body's stuffed. <laughs> How, what injuries have you done to yourself? And, and more so from my netball days. Um, so I represented South Australia and Australia at a junior level for many, many years and then Northern Territory when I moved up there. But I had my first op as a... You know, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, eighteen-year-old, and um, yeah, another one after that. And now I've had four on my right, and I'm just bone on bone. On your knees. On my knees. Yes. Yeah, more so from netball days, um, but obviously, kind of the long-term effects heading into when I started playing footy as well. So um, yeah, a bit of a bung knee, but I was just saying before, mm. it's um, actually feeling really good. So I hadn't played footy in four years, <coughs> and I went back this year and had a kick in, in the VFLW with Hawthorne, which I absolutely loved, and my body felt pretty good. So. Um, yeah. Have you thought of giving back to local communities and <laughs> playing on a rotational basis? <laughs> like Dad does in like places like Portland and well, South Wyala. I've got a game up there yeah. this year. <laughs> yeah. South Wyala. Yeah, yeah nice. I played up that, there. That's when yeah. AFLW is taking the next level when retired players oh, yeah. can go around just for yeah. charity. Yeah. Have a kick at local Absolutely. level. I could probably squeeze you in somewhere <laughs> yeah. if, you, if you're all right. But the charity could yeah. be called Dane's Swan Foundation. <laughs> oh, it starts at home. starts at home. <laughs> But I've said this many times. I'm going mate, to help a starved community of football who, after COVID, had two horrible years, mm. <coughs> trying to reintroduce uh, some people back at the footy club and raise some money for a much-needed footy club that's been struggling for a couple of years. So mm. it's not my fault they asked me. <laughs> you didn't know how much he thinks of others. See, this is the thing, Dane. They asked the question and you made the decision if you wanted to go. Very yeah. good points, Amanda. I'm, I'm happy to offer up my time. I'm very generous. Well, with perhaps your I friends might free, also be. A lot, free, a lot of free times. So I'm happy to, <laughs> to offer up my services. Um, Abby, have you ever thought about putting the skirt and the bib back on? And netball, you was your first love. <laughs> Isn't that what you wear? Yeah. Look, I haven't played netball now in a very long time because even when there was talk of the AFLW mm. back in, in 2016 um, or 2015, um, I was playing footy for Waratahs up in the Territory and also NT Thunders program as also well. Also, I played for the Waratahs cup last year. They're a bloody good club. Uh, so where Gary Ablett Jr. played on the weekend? No, he's Palmerston. Palmerston, Palmerston right. Yeah, Waratahs, was gonna, they're the red and white? Yep. Yeah, I was going to play for them two years. The, year, the last year of COVID and I yeah. couldn't get up there. Yeah. And then this year I hurt my foot, so I had I, self-surgery. To Maybe every bloke that I meet, highly, highly recommend going up and experiencing top-end footy. It's um, it's a different world. It's an unbelievable, you know, community vibe up there. And, and yeah, just what it does to the community and bringing people together, it's pretty special to, A, you know, witness, but... B, to be a part of it and actually experience the football up there from a playing perspective. But... 
only over the last six months or so I've kind of been thinking, gosh, it would be nice to play some netball again. But as I said, my knee, uh, yeah. probably with that stop-start court yeah. situation, <laughs> might not go overly well, but we'll have to wait and see. And did you did you leave netball because you could because there was an avenue of football to make some money and become professional? Mm. Is that basically why you asked old netball and <laughs> yeah, pretty <laughs> much moved on? No, to no, no. Put so <laughs> politely. No, well, why it, did you asshole netball? <laughs> <laughs> No, but so netball was my jam when I was a young girl mm. and that's because there was an elite level to aspire to get mm. to and that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, and when it came to footy, I had a kick in nine-a-side and knockout competitions during high school, but there was never – I never heard of women's competitions or, or you know, particularly a, a pinnacle level to aspire to get to. So that's why I pursued netball. But then when I moved to the Territory, as I said, it was just what you did up there was play netball for six months and then football for six months and it was just sport all year round and – when they started talking about the AFLW and they made you pick, like that, that was a big thing for me. Why do they make you pick? Is it just to have your whole focus on getting drafted yeah. and getting, you know, into that environment and your strength and conditioning programs and they really wanted to kind of see touch feel, obviously, all yeah. the time and what you were doing. So, um, yeah, that that was more more so why you then, I guess, stopped playing netball and went into the footy space. What what percentage of girls, just roughly off the top of your head, if if in in the when you were a kid mm. who wanted to play netball, it's a hundred, uh-huh. right? Yeah, hundred out of a hundred. Yeah. So of that hundred, nowadays, if you're the same kid, what what do you think AFLW is taking out of that hundred? Oh, huge, Has massive, to be huge. Yeah. yeah. It and that's why the standard's going to explode, up. isn't it? Because yeah. all those girls now absolutely are thinking you, that way. You look at the draft now and the kids that are coming through, the young girls and, and young women, they've never been told that they can't play football. Yeah. Whereas traditionally in the first five seasons of AFLW, you had a lot of cross-coders coming over from you know cricket, soccer, basketball, whatever it might be. Whereas now you're seeing genuine footballers coming through. They picked up a footy at, at the age of three and have had it in their hands ever since. They've never had to go to another sport. So... You look at Montana Ham, he went number one um, in the draft just earlier this year. She's incredible. She's like the, I say, Patty Cripps of the Women's League. She's 180 centimetres as a, as a, a female player. Yep. But she's explosive, she's agile, she's, you know, she's got an elite tank on her and her skills are phenomenal and we're just going to see these kids come through tenfold over the, uh, the coming seasons. Well, Jazzy Fleming, Damien's yeah. daughter... Oh. Um, so you would you can tell us about what she looks like <laughs> playing, but I'm good mates with Flebo, and, and so her his uh, her mum, Damien's mm. wife, uh, Wendy was Wendy, a, yep. uh, was she Victorian? She was definitely Victorian. I don't know if she was Australian, but and her auntie Shelley yeah. is a legend in Australian netball. So, mm. but she's been exactly the prime case of that, hasn't she? She's sort of just embraced Aussie rules all the way through. I honestly cannot speak highly enough of Jazz Fleming and, and what she she is and what she's going to be. I think she was absolutely robbed of the rising star is that right? last yeah. night. Yeah, but that's probably because I spent the last few months chasing her <laughs> <laughs> um, at Hawthorne training. But um, she is incredible. Obviously, you know, the parents, good yeah. sporting pedigree, but... Um, yeah, just her skills and her ability to learn. Um, she'll just grab the footy, tuck it under her arm and take the game on and that's what you want to see from these kids. She's just turned 18 too a few weeks yeah. ago. She was always through juniors just so yeah. ridiculously dominant. Yeah. yeah, and that's the thing. With the AFLW competition this season, we've seen so many 17-year-olds running around out, out there yeah. and, and showing up some of the senior girls. So it's scary. So the headline I heard was the AFLW's fuck netball. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. nap, so netball's cooked, is it? They've stolen all the good athletes, all the good netballers away, Basically. and now 
Um, but do you know what the, the AFLW has done is force other sporting codes around the country to up their game? To lift. Yep. yep. Because they know that the AFL is a beast, right? Mm-hmm. And everybody, should they've had the opportunity or the dream to play AFL footy at mm-hmm. some point in their life, they would love to take that opportunity. So from cricket, from netball to soccer, here in Australia, I feel like it, it's really forced every sporting code to really up their game to keep the athletes in in that code. So it's been good all round. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. So um, we, we like bringing everything back to Dane on this pro- yep, program. Yep, of course. Yeah. Okay. Of so, course. So uh, <laughs> last week we had Nazim Hussain in, yep. and they were they were jungle mates in, in I'm a Celebrity. So Survivor... Mm. I think you had to do a bit more than fuck oh, all. Mate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's, that's Were you fun. keen to do some no, Absolutely not. I, I, I couldn't. I, I do watch the show and I, I I like the show, but I just – my body couldn't handle it. My foot I – couldn't, I couldn't sit on those little pegs for – I'd be on it for 10 seconds and go, no. Nah. Yeah. My body just yeah. couldn't handle it. Um, now? Uh, now, yeah. Well, I couldn't handle it, but I, I've, I've no patience for <laughs> this, the real hard ones like that. No thanks. Um, I couldn't do it. And let's, you don't, let's be honest – you don't get paid to go on it. <laughs> you, you get paid to win it mm. if you win it. Right. And I and, and I, the other thing, I'd, I'd be, I'd get back, I'd get backstabbed for sure. Like I'd just be like, yeah, I'm with you, and I'd, I'm just like, yeah, I'm, I'd, I'd find me group, and I go, yep, yeah, I'm with them, and I just keep voting with them, and then my name would get ring. Fuck, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> <laughs> now, did you get blindsided? Because you, you seem a nice person, Abby. I'm Twice. just meeting you, but you, you see. So, did you get blindsided? Twice, yeah. So, and you thought you'd go to the media after not after getting blindsided? Can <laughs> yeah. I tell you an industry yeah. where you don't want to be? <laughs> no. So, season four, Survivor, unbelievable experience. One of the best things I've ever done. The hardest. Yeah. One of the hardest things I've ever done. What's hard? Now, just break it down a bit more because we, we, we hardly got time constraints. Right. What's hard? I didn't shower it? or brush my teeth for 46 days. <sighs> it's the right. teeth for me. Yeah. Um, so that after a couple of weeks? 40 trips are about eight, so that's about, <laughs> so about a quarter of that roughly. Yeah. So it's very real. I kind of went into that experience <sighs> thinking, how real is this thing? Do they do they stop filming and sneak yeah. you some food and drink, which I'm sure they did on I'm a Celebrity. No, they didn't. Oh, oh, we can get no, the only people who got things, Warney was the latest moment, he, was in my, he, he wasn't in mine. Yeah. The only people that got stuff was... Nazim was allowed to go and pray, obviously. Um, Casey was allowed to vape, like, outside of the thing. And yeah. I found out that Tegan Martin was allowed to use, like, facial creams or something like that. Oh, Yeah, okay. but, but, like, there wasn't... Well, fuck, if anyone else did, I didn't yeah, certainly yeah, yeah. get it. Um, they wouldn't let you know anything. They didn't let you use your facial creams, Well, I got... Because I'd come off my foot, I was like, I need an hour, I need an hour a week. So I said I needed therapy on my foot, so I got out and got a massage oh, on my foot oh, once a week. A massage in the jungle. Yeah. There you go. Um, but no, they didn't help you at all. So very real, very raw. It's, you know, physically, mentally, emotionally smacks you around. Um, but I, I learned so much about myself that I, you know, particularly in, you know, your mental toughness and your strength, I've always known that, I was a mentally tough person, but you go into that situation and it takes you to a whole new level. So, yeah, to do 46 out of the 50 days, I was so close to the finish mm. line. But, um, yeah, completely enough. You didn't, see, you didn't see, you had no inkling at all that you were going to get? No, so I went into that um, tribal council of season four, mm. my last one, with the numbers. Um, but Luke Toki, um, <laughs> he, he had an advantage. So that's where it got me stitched up, really. Do you reckon the fact that you wouldn't brush your teeth worked against you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> but do you know what? Because in that situation, you're like, oh, God, you haven't brushed your teeth, you haven't you know, showered or whatnot. We had the most beautiful beach in yeah. Fiji, by the way. Mm. Um, but because you're not pumping your body with caffeine and, and sugar and 
you know, artificial flavours, colour, whatever, we were so healthy and we didn't stink. We didn't, like, our eyes were so white. Um, our clothes obviously stank from bush. You didn't stink. Campfires. No. No, well, I guess you got to wash in the ocean, though. Yeah, That's the and your body's not pushing out the toxins that you that it would normally. You know what I mean? We uh, ate rice and beans for or, forty-six or, days. Or you all stunk. That's what <laughs> I mean. <laughs> we, did, we didn't. Yeah, couldn't smell it. Couldn't smell it. <laughs> um, but that's the thing, you know, the mental toughness side of things. Tell me to squat here for two hours, and I'll tell you to get knit. Yes. But don't feed me for thirty days. Say that there's a burger on the line, and I can squat for two hours. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's just like. Mm. Well, you, you went through you that so mental thing with your foot, didn't you, with the <laughs> local footy where you thought you could play and then when yeah. the surgeon oh, said yeah. your foot was fucked? Yeah, well, power of the mind's an incredible thing, mm. I, which I don't really, I didn't believe in or I'd never thought about it, but um, it works. You can play tricks on you. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. absolutely. How long did you stay bitter at the game for? Or Luke, did you have the shits with them or did you just realise the game, well, fair play, you got me and yeah. off I go? I feel like at that stage in the game, you've just got to respect the the move, respect the player, respect the game. Um, and, and I was so fortunate in season four that I legitimately loved everybody to, towards the end. Yeah. Like, you get rid of all of the flogs. Um, and then you've, <laughs> you've got this group of people that is is literally your family. So I was happy for, you know, Pierre obviously winning that season, for Luke to be, um, you know, top four. He didn't make it to the three because he was probably the biggest threat in the game um, once I'd, I'd gone. So... Um, yeah, you've got to obviously just respect the game and the move and the player and everybody's got a different idea of what their top three looks like and, and so, what their next so move you, looks like. So like you said, are you trying to get rid of all the bad oh, – I, I can't heat – don't have him around mm. a camp like the flogs you say or yes. you threats or you like – this is a, we've got eight people who are all get along well, let's just sack everyone else or are you thinking about the, f- the final – start if you know what I mean I feel like at the very start of a game of Survivor um, you get rid of the people that you know you might not have a good vibe with or um, do their own damage or whatever it is and you congregate to the people that um, you know become your alliance Uh, and I I was so lucky like Janine Alice Pia Miranda for me um, you know Dave Luke we just had such a great group of people that eventually within the first week you kind of work out where you're going to go um and, yeah, you kind of pick off the others. But then when it gets down to just your alliance, it, it really is tricky and you've got to pick off the biggest threat and, and who you think has the best chance at winning that half a million dollars. Yeah, so I'm still stuck when you said they're literally like family and, and maybe I'm doing it wrong at home, but we don't we don't vote one of our so out of the <laughs> no. house once a week. Be nice if you could. Who <laughs> <laughs> yeah. would be first out the door, Dave? I'll oh, be me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll be voted out every week. What, do you, contribute? what do you contribute at home what do I that contribute? they would miss? Not a lot. <laughs> Grabbing stuff from the high shelves. That's true. That's yeah. so useful in opening jars. But how was it, how hard was it not to take it personal? Or did you go mm. in there going, okay, I can't take any of this personal? Because even if you can prepare yourself for that, yeah. I, that that's where I think I would fall down. I mean, I'm not going to be the strongest person in there. Mm. But I, it's sometimes when you're like, oh, my God, that would hurt my feelings. Yeah, and, and I was very much so like that. Um, you do take things personally. And I, I wasn't necessarily the biggest survivor person going into – Season four, once they'd kind of approached me and it was a done deal, Keegs was just like, Abs, you should probably go back and watch season three. Keegan being your partner. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Because I'd never really sat down and watched Mm. an entire season and didn't really understand the game. And it is all about lying and backstabbing. Mm. How much research did you do for the juggle (laughs) on this topic? Oh, I'd watched it. It was on dinner time, but (laughs) you don't don't need 
research because it's a family yeah. friendly show. There's no backstab, and we don't get we don't vote each other out. Even though it would have been nice, mm. but yeah. it's all for the it's all the fans who uh, yeah. all okay. the people who watch the show. They vote out, so we had nothing to do with it. Um, and I'm a, just a very trusting. Um, like I went into that and was completely and utterly just myself the entire time, which I'm really proud about. Uh, but should I had my time again, and should I actually have understood the ins and outs of Survivor, like a lot of the super fans do, you understand that it is a game, and there is half a million dollars on the line, mm. and you need to lie, you need to cheat, you need to steal, you need to do whatever you can to get to the end. And that was probably where I fell down a little bit. Any other reality shows would you like to do? And they all listen to this podcast, so like yeah, <laughs> um, all the net TV execs. So. Is Anything else? You choose a lot of the Amazing Race or Dancing mm. with the Stars or. Oh, look! I, I feel like you you're know. Re- you want your reality TV girls? Is that what you, you would you say <laughs> yes to one or is there like? I'm the I'm the kind of person who's always lived by the philosophy of say yes to every single opportunity that ever yep. presents itself, and except married at first sight. Except right? <laughs> married at first. No, 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 no. I think Keegs would have a little bit of a problem. <laughs> but yeah, look, never say never. Um, but I don't know. I I feel like. Survivor was a really real and, and authentic experience and, um, you know, should I ever go on another show in the future? Yeah, um, yeah you, once again. You've SAS, your SAS, that looks a little hard, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. That's a mental That, that would be a, a massive, massive challenge. But in saying that, you would jump at the opportunity because it, it does. It, it, I'm all mm. about kind of testing myself and setting goals. And <laughs> so Dane would so, so here's the thing. Dane's previously said he can't be fucked having someone just scream at him about shit things that he's done in the past because he's happy to leave him there in the past. Yeah. yeah. I reckon your past, and I'm, I've just met you, but Probably. I'm guessing your past hasn't quite mate i am squeaky clean <laughs> exactly i am squeaky clean exactly so they would, they, they would have a hard time trying to dig shit up on you where <laughs> wouldn't be wouldn't yeah, be a task for you don't. exactly so it's probably not for me the other thing yeah. with um which shock horror survivors one of the only or one of the few i guess reality shows out there that aren't as produced and edited where mm-hmm. you, you look at things like the bachelor and obviously they put up a whiteboard and pick their characters and move the characters around yeah. or even big brother to give you a storyline whereas survivor as you said there's a lot less intervention mm. so i guess you can kind of have a control on your own image destiny yeah for lack of a better phrase whereas if you went on to any of those you don't know how they're going to paint you exactly right and when you sign up for reality television you were literally signing up for whatever they mm. they want and, and the I guess the storylines that they want to follow. So Survivor was very real, very organic. Um, you know, you had 24 contestants initially all coming in with different game plans and, and you know, different alliances, different people that they, they wanted to blindside and whatnot. So from a production point of view, it would be so challenging to put – Put that all together, to piece it together, and um, for the editors trying to cut together the stories mm. would be would be a nightmare. But that's that's what I, I love is not ne- even necessarily what you see kind of on camera and whatnot, but from a production level as well. It's I think 180 internationals and 350 locals work on Survivor. It is an absolute beast of a production. So just to see it all come together, it's it's really cool. Do you see any of those? Like because I don't know about I'm a celebrity, but. You've feel like you're like in a bubble and you don't see anything. Oh outright. my god. So how do you not notice three hundred odd people? Oh no, you do. <laughs> and that that's what blows my mind as well. So during challenges and, and whatnot, there is a cast of thousands everywhere. Everywhere. It's mind blowing. So um, there's scaffolding with cameras, there's there's scuba divers in the water to, to rescue people. <laughs> um, you know, there's hundreds of people. Hundreds. Wow. And then what what goes to to television 
It's just, just you guys in the world. Yeah, wild. just us. I'm not going That's down a Nicky path. I might, might sound a lot of... Anyone a Louis Thoreau fan? Oh, so I know who it is. The doco, yeah. He's a doco genius. Yeah. And he did one on the porn industry. Yeah. And it, and, no, no, I'm not going... <laughs> but he, he's showing filming of the incident of the others, like... Doing the... A, and so what you don't see is all the cameramen and mm. everyone around it. Do you think... That's going to be a much different feel for the person mm-hmm. doing yeah. it than the person actually filming it. So what you're saying is what people were seeing was just up close, you and Tom Black or whoever, but yeah. actually right. there's hundreds of people all around you and it's it's That's what's amazing when, feel. You, yeah, when you see it all come together. Yep. Um, and look, we have body doubles as well. Like Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know which no, button no, to no. press. <laughs> no, 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 but... So any anything that is a wide shot where it's just us stranded in the middle of nowhere, yep, that might not necessarily be us. That's pretty cool. Yeah, wow. because you know, as I said, when we're there doing everything, the challenges, the tribal, you know, everything, um, there is kind of people everywhere. So yeah, and, and they're good. off getting B roll. Yep, that's what they use you for. Yep. Sure. What about I'm a celebrity though? Do you notice everyone Did around? Did you have a body double? <laughs> yeah, the yard. And who, who was <laughs> it? We sit there for a while and get a lot of food. painted all day. Um, well, in the camp, there's no people because they're just uh, there's like a heap of different cameras all around mm. the camp, so you don't like you notice the moving in that. But yeah, right. no, it's the same. Though. But after three days, four days, you just completely forget because yeah. you're there. Like yeah. you can try and be this person, try and be someone else for three or four days, then you just breaks you down. You can't can't fake for that long but mm. once you're out doing a challenge yeah they obviously have to fucking follow you because you've got your head stuck in a bucket of snakes or something so they oh. have to be filming there and like God. Julia and Chris are, are standing there and like they might you know you, everyone thinks they're funny but they obviously have they obviously have writers written telling mm. them that Julia's obviously very funny I'm not sure Chris is a comedian but <laughs> he obviously gets they get oh hold on let's do that again you know what yeah. I mean yeah, like yeah. that joke didn't work let's try this one let's try this one so but you notice them when you're out doing a challenge but once you're in the once you're in your little area, now you don't know. That's notice so interesting. Survivor for me is like one of the, apart from a travel show, mm. Survivor would be one that I would, is like on my list to, to host. Obviously, yeah. he's very much cemented in that role. But I, I thought, I was like, oh, I'd be a bit boring because you'd be out there by yourselves. Everyone else would be in camp. But that's interesting to know that there's hundreds of. Mm. He's probably got the best gear. He doesn't have to do anything. Yeah. Yeah. He, probably, know, he goes back to camp. He's, he's so good with his, his yeah, exactly. glistening pipes. Like, <laughs> oh, we love JLP. But yeah, it's just, um, you know, he does a phenomenal, yeah. phenomenal job at hosting that show. Yeah. And he, he's a one take wonder. He, he never does anything twice, which yeah. is remarkable. Yeah. Um, but yeah, even back at camp, there's the camera guys, there's the audio guys, there's, um, you can't get away with anything. Like you'll be sitting there thinking you're having a private conversation mm. and then, you know, that little like, <laughs> yeah, the boom. Boom. yeah, the boom, <laughs> but it's come out of nowhere. But it is funny because they're not allowed to talk to you and I, I'm sure that it yeah. was the same. So there's, there's people everywhere at camp, but the camera guys, the audio guys, the producers won't even talk to you unless they see see relevance in it so they, they'll just sit there on their phone they're taking notes all the time about conversations that are taking place and obviously you know everything that's happening at camp and if you went up to them and said oh what's the time they'll completely and utterly ignore you <laughs> so unless you go up to them and say oh i need to go and see a medic they'll be like okay what's the issue blah 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 so these people yeah they just ignore you I, 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 I once managed a jockey and i couldn't believe how much weight a normal person who looks super fit mm. could lose yeah what did you manage to lose oh, in the mate. jungle so i lost Eight kilos the first time. From where? Everywhere. Yeah. Your clothes. <laughs> <laughs> so I lost eight kilos and then okay. I came back. You must have been a bag of bones. Yeah. And then I came back and then we had All Stars and I'm, 
for the people that went on season four, we only had five weeks in between. So that wow. that that you was didn't have not time long to put enough. No, no. Nah, nah. So I, I just ate everything, put it back on, but then I went again and lost another six. So my body following that was an absolute mess six, for eight. about eighteen months. Um, yeah. So so that was a big challenge. Did you prepare for that though? Like obviously, um, you mentioned you didn't do, you hadn't watched much before that. Mm. But did you go in and go fuck? I better put some weight on here because I'm going to lose some. Yeah, yeah. You go in. As, I guess especially the second time because you just have that you just had that experience the the kind of raw Hunger. experience of it all yeah um, so it was very quick to go back again um, and and I mentally probably wasn't prepared for that and I'm a you know I I'm a happy go lucky kind of person and I just found going back on All Stars that I was just crying every day because you know five weeks off before you go back into that after 46 days of missing your family and being you know hungry and emotional and you know everything um yeah so it was really really hard to go back in following that first experience what made you go back in then once again the say yes to every opportunity what makes you do something a second time mate (laughs) what tends to make you do something a second time well i think we know (laughs) um there's not a money sound effect is there I don't uh, have one. No, I, I do things for a second time. Would I do celebrity get me out of here again? Well, yeah, I would, but obviously it wouldn't be for free. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, was, I, was, I was about 47 days in there. Yeah. Um, it's a long time, but I'd, I'd do I'd do a couple of reality. I wouldn't do, I've been asked to do most of them, but Dancing with the Stars and Sin, absolutely not. I'm happy to embarrass myself doing many things. Dancing yeah. is certainly not one of Hang them. Hang on, what's the second one? Dancing with the Stars and what? Singing with the stars, whatever um, it is. Singing. Tell song? tell yeah. Abby the most disappointing part about when you left the jungle with your phone. Oh yeah, well, <laughs> I first of all I didn't think it was my phone because you you weren't obviously not allowed to have nothing. So you oh, you spent basically the same amount of time as I did. Yeah. Picked it up first. And I was like, fuck, that looks so big in my yeah. hand. Like I just could have failed with my phone. Then I, um, I finished second in that series. Um, so I was like, oh, I'm going to pick up my phone. If you're not first, you're last. Yeah, well, basically. yeah, that, that's, that's, that's what I look like when I had my phone because I had two messages. And that's it. From Aww. the life and I, I was like, oh, fuck, that my parents messaged me. I was like, this is a bit flat. So I was all right. I, my partner was in South Africa. So tried to ring her. Phone. Well, they cut my phone off, basically. So because I didn't pay my bill. <laughs> oh, you got cut off. They cut my phone off. So I didn't get all the... Thunderous applause on my phone and all the all, all the backslash saying how well I did, so yeah. nothing. So then I tried to fuck up, all right, pull out my credit card, try to read. My credit card was out of date. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, so I couldn't even pay, couldn't even get my phone back on, so I had to use my missus' credit card to pay oh, for that. So, oh I was, no. so I was a bit flattening at the end. And then um, they ask you if, what Celebrity Jungle, they, um, you, I don't know, it's the same as Survivor, but they write... You have to fill out a huge booklet, just like of all heaps of shit and mm. like favorite movie, favorite drink, favorite Food. lollies, all this kind of yeah. stuff. And I didn't do it. I was like, I can't be fucked doing this. So I give it to my manager. <laughs> I said, You fill it out. I said, I'm not doing this. And so he filled it out, and um, it was like your favorite meal. So they give that to you once yeah, you leave, probably yep. like. Yep, same. So, but he wrote down steak and chips, and all I got in there by the end was red meat. So I was just hanging for like a pasta or something like that. So I come out and I got. I can steak and potatoes. I already had that, <laughs> oh, so no. I was a bit flat. Favorite movie? I put Babe Two, <laughs> A Pig in the City. That yeah. So my, my birthday was when I was in the jungle. Yeah. So they go righto. Swanee's birth, Dane's birthday. We're gonna watch his favorite movie. And I was like, 
fuck knows what this is going to be because I didn't write it. Babe 2 come up. <laughs> we had to sit there and watch that. It was a dark movie too. It was a dark, dark movie. That surprises Mate. me. I, I wouldn't have picked you to be a Babe 2 yeah, kind well, of guy. Yeah, well, it surprised me too. <laughs> um, everyone's looking at me going, Mate. Are you dead set? I was like, fuck, I love this show. Uh, it was a dark movie. So you too. just rolled with it. Pretend yeah, I had to. Yeah, yeah, it was a dark movie. So um, note to anyone out there, fill out those forms because it actually means something. Yeah. yeah. They listen to you. Yeah. What exactly. was your meal? What was your meal? I think mine was a pork chop. Pork chop and, and chips and salad and everything. But when you go back to Jury Villa... I've never seen anything like it. There was this table that's about five metres long and you couldn't even see any of the table. So obviously you've got everybody in there who's part of the the, the jury and, um, yeah, just the table was full and we had pizza and shepherd's, shepherd's pie was one of mine, like the potato on the top and, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but everything, everything. Pavlova, there was so much food there. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Wow. So so fast forward, and or maybe it's not even fast forward, might be going back, but tell us about your AFL media journey. How have, mm. you, how have you managed to get into that? Because here's something that started that you got in common with Dane. Yeah. Wow. Do you start at Williamstown? No. Yes, you did. Did I? Yeah, your first interview. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. There we go. Williamstown <laughs> yeah. Reserves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> that was my first ever broadcast with Channel 7. Was it was cold out there. Burbank. I, I swore I'd never go back. And I haven't been back <laughs> it's windy since. windy and cold out yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's not Off fun. Imagine playing Ooh, footy there. Oh, God. Um, yeah, so it's, it's quite an interesting story, actually. So... I'm a real estate agent by trade. I was selling properties up in the Territory, absolutely obsessed with real estate. So, so stop right there, as, yep. meat, as Meatloaf once sang. Dane, Abby's working full-time while, while being a star footballer. <laughs> I know. Well, hopefully one day the women don't have to do that. Yeah, but no. So I I moved up to Darwin at 21. My dad's worst nightmare. I'd never lived out of home in in South Australia. Or I'd never stood on my own two feet. And why'd you go to Darwin? I was following a boy. Okay, the, yeah, yeah. Of so course. My boyfriend at the time, um, he originally was going to go up to Darwin and play a six month NTFL season, and then come back to Adelaide. But as most blokes do, fell in love with the place and didn't want to leave. So I um, yeah went and told my mum and dad and. Jumped on the GAN, the train, moved up to Darwin. Put my, put train my, to Darwin. Yep, Jeez. with my auntie, it was the best. Dane's just expressed <laughs> that he's, just he doesn't, he's never caught a train. No, okay, <laughs> but it was, it was great. It was great. It was the like GAN's a, a bit different. It's a luxury oh, train. Do you need a Mikey? No. No, right. No. <laughs> I can't believe we people need more. I was actually thinking about this walking my son home from daycare the other day. I was like, 
if you just land from a different country and want to jump on the tram, you can't. No. Well, who, fuck. who thought of that? Yeah. Who thought that'd be a good idea? Well, I was, I was thinking about that on walking up Chapel Street. I was like, well, it's absurd. If I want to jump on the tram, where do you even get a Mikey from? 7-Eleven. 7-Eleven. There's one no, metres from your home. Yeah, that's ridiculous. But <laughs> anyway, <laughs> back to you. Um, yeah, so I moved up to Darwin. As I said, I'd never even been there before. I'd made the decision I was moving up and um, was, yeah, madly in love at 21. You yeah. know? Um, so followed my <laughs> boyfriend at the time up there and... Got a job in real estate, started selling property and, and real estate was the place to be up there in 2012 to 2016. It was booming. The gas and oil presence with Impex was going nuts. and um, Wagering companies were all yeah. based up there. Yeah. <laughs> they were. Yeah. Defence presence as well yeah. and the gateway to Asia. There was so much going on. and um, So I eventually, through the girls I played netball with, they convinced me to go out and have a kick at, at Waratahs and... I, I loved it because I, I was obviously playing footy on the weekend but working on the weekend, you know, structuring all of my opens around my games and I would go to inspections and talk footy for an hour and houses would sell themselves. It was the best. Um, but, yeah, in my second season, so first season we kicked, I kicked 67 and then at the end of that season they had the first ever AFLW kind of exhibition game draft and that was in 2013 and no, no one from the Territory got drafted. So, I don't know, I just kind of said to my mum, I was like, well, we've kicked 67, why can't we crack the ton? Like, why can't we do that in my second year? And, um, you know, it certainly wasn't an individual accolade. Uh, it was the, our team. We were very... No, no, no. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. We have, I was so fortunate to be in a very, very dominant team. You're on the wrong podcast to be here for... Show humility. Humility, humility no, stops at the absolutely. door. No, but um, so second season, yeah, we cracked the 100 and then I was kind of just thrown into TV interviews and radio interviews and um, Shane Crawford was in Darwin and um, somebody kind of pointed me out I was playing and they said, oh, that girl's just kicked 100 and he actually reached out and asked to do a, an interview with me for the Herald Sun. Yep. So I caught up with Crawf and, and that was just ridiculous because I'm a girl who's obviously grown up you know, idolising these guys. Footy show days, yeah, you've been watching yeah. and all that, yeah. And, yeah, so sat down and had a chat with him and, and he did this massive double-page spread in the Herald Sun on, on my life and, and whatnot. And at the end of the chat, he actually said, Abs, I'm not sure if it's possible, but if I can make it happen, like, I'd love to have you on my team for the EJ Witten Legends game. Um, and I, you know, just thought he was being nice and just saying that to give me a little bit of confidence and whatnot. And I was like, whatever. And then a few weeks later, got got a phone call from the footy show and was flying down to be on that. And then was part of the... They were announcing me to be on the All-Stars team for the Legends game. And um, then, you know, I ended up playing in three of them and three of the West End slowdowns in South Australia as well. And, yeah, from them, I guess, just kind of got thrown into that, that media landscape. Um, and then... It was actually... Hang on, just, just go back, stop there. Yeah. So with playing the first time you played in the game, yeah. what was fantastic as a viewer was, no, no, she fits in there. Yeah. So so you actually looked like you, you deserved to play there. Um, but you... Way better than Hutchie. This is where I'm getting to. There were some people who shouldn't have been there. Who yeah. were, and, and there were also some uh, AFL players, Richie Vandenberg, not mentioning any names, who probably Shot took it a, a little up. bit too seriously. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so how did you find that dynamic? Because you're, the, you're there as an outsider yeah. in your first year, obviously. And I was the first girl. Yeah. Oh, sorry, yeah, the only girl yeah. in, in that year. I can't even remember. I think 2014 was my first one. Um, so you kind of go into there just... You know, I don't know. You had an incentive to take it seriously, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I wanted yeah. to 
perform and I mm-hmm. wanted to, I guess, show young girls and young women around there that you can kind of match yeah. with the boys. And I, I, it wasn't that long ago, actually. I was looking at some of the highlights of them. I can't remember what it was for. Now you're in dates too. No, 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 no. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I can't remember what it was for. That sounded really wanky. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. That's but I can't remember what in. it was. And I was like, oh, shit. You know, I was really kind of cracking in. And, um, you know, this Brent Guerra absolutely nailing me in a tackle. and But you just kind of embraced it. And... Um, <laughs> Yeah, it was really special. Who made you laugh amongst the ex-players? Stephen Baker. He's the best. He's funny he man. is an yeah. absolute character. Jason Ackermanis went nuts. So, like, he he was one that takes it way too seriously <laughs> and was yelling at <laughs> everybody. Takes his golf a little too seriously oh too. Apparently. My God. <laughs> oh, but you know, he was wonderful. They were all all awesome. Um, was that the year Hutchie kicked that goal? No, it must have been before that. Uh, I think he did the year before. Yeah, yeah. And we had Carl Stefanovic chugging beers behind the goalpost. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was so much fun. Um, but so yeah. you ended up getting a start in Channel 7? Is that sort of how yeah. it started? From so there? in one of the West End slowdowns, I actually played directly on Mark Beretta. He was playing for Port, I was playing for the Crows. Mm-hmm. And um, he kind of reached out to Gary O'Keefe, who's the EP uh, at 7 for the AFL, and just said, hey, you know, Abs is... I've met Abs and she's awesome and she'd love to kind of explore any opportunities in that media landscape. And um, I remember She's awesome, Dane. I think she is fitting in this. No. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. But, um, and then I got an email from Gaz yeah. just saying, hey, we'd love to catch up and just have a chat. And I remember at that time I was spending, you know, every cent that I ever earned on flights or accommodation to get myself down to Melbourne to kind of chase these opportunities. Again, and I'm sorry to interrupt. So Abby's paid to go do her gigs, Dane. Mm. Yeah, that won't. I bet that doesn't happen anymore. <laughs> no, exactly, exactly. Um, but yeah, and then I got to start. Good on you. Oh it's yeah, awesome. With yeah. seven in the VFL, so I did the yeah. VFL uh, for a couple of years, and down at Williamstown. Yeah, as no, well. it's a very, very cold place. Brave the cold down there, yeah. and you know you work incredibly hard. Um, you know at your craft and. So Gary you have to do much research because everyone knows the AFL. Well, most people know the AFL players. Yeah. <coughs> but obviously the VFL players. Yeah, Not many people know. So, did you have to spend much time? Fuck, who's number 44? Like, did yeah. you have a sheet or did you, during the week? Do you, oh, I've, got the, I've got Coburg and Williamstown. I need to browse through them yeah. or are you just winging it? I'm very, very meticulous with my prep. I never yeah. wing it. Um, yeah, so it was it was hard, um, mm. obviously, kind of coming into there and, and having to learn the teams and the players and the coaches and, and, and whatnot. But one of my really good friends, her dad used to kind of – Give me some note. He was a, a big VFL follower, um, Dean Schultz, and he um, yeah, used to give me some pointers on, on some of the players. So I had so much help as well along the way. And Gaz would literally ring me after every broadcast and say, hey, you did this well or you did that, not not poorly, but, you know, maybe work on this. And so I've had so many people that have really helped me along the journey. And, and when I did get my first kind of gig in the AFL, you know that it, it's due to pure hard work and, and the time, effort and energy that you've put into your prep and... Um, and everything that's kind of come before that. So that was a dream. We had Jace Richardson on a couple of weeks ago. He was yeah. talking about working with Bruce in the race, oh. racing, but you would have worked in with the footy. Yeah. What was that like? Amazing. Yeah. Um, and I remember even I hosted my first ever AFLW broadcast, whether it was start of 2021 or 2020. And, no, it was just after Bruce had stepped away from yep. the footy side of things. And... He's just the best. You just know that you can pick up the phone and speak to Bruce at any time. Um, you know, he, he's just such a, a wonderful man and, and his wife Annie as well. They're just incredible. But remember the advice that he gave to me. 
bless him, he was like, Abs, I've, I've got three pieces of, of advice for you. I was like, great, let, let me get my notes out on my phone or, or whatever just to write these down. And he was like, number one, um, your preparation. Like you can never, ever, ever be over-prepared. Yes. Um, preparation is key. And I said, yep, no worries. I, I've yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> you could hardly put your keys down on the table on top of his notes. Um, and then number two, he was like, your producer. Make sure your producer at all times is calm. You know, shit could be hitting the fan in the truck and things could be going all, you know, types of wrong, but as long as they're calm in your ear, you're sweet. And I was like, okay, no worries. I'll speak to my producer and just let them know I need them to be calm. And then I was like, third, abs. Make sure you've got a bloody excellent hair and makeup artist girl because you've got to be feeling yourself. And I'm like, this is the Bruce, you know, the great Bruce yes. McAvaney telling me that you've got to have good hair and makeup because you've got to be feeling yourself. Um, but no, he to have the opportunity to work alongside Bruce and um, you know, even that 2020 Grand Final in Brisbane, I spent a lot of time with him up there, obviously on the road and. He's just got time for everybody. And it doesn't matter, you know, what your, your background, your job, your age, anything. Um, yeah, he is one of the greatest people you'll ever meet. And what's been the surprise to you that you think, well, it's almost a cliche about parenting, until you're actually doing it, you don't mm. know. So until the actual, you were thrown into the deep end, what, what, what's been the surprise in the job for you? Um, not sure what that was. Ah. I don't know what that was <laughs> I think we're still on. <laughs> oh, oh, look, I... I legitimately love what I do and yeah. that cliche of you know love what you do you never work a day in your mm. life I know I'm sorry to bring that up but it, it is actually true and I've been a diehard footy fan my entire life so it, it really is a dream to think that it's my job to watch footy and talk smack really you um, for? Adelaide Crows Adelaide unfortunately Crow, yeah. being a South Australian girl you find um, it hard to commentate them with it. Well, well, Seven doesn't really take the Crows games at the moment because <laughs> yeah, yeah. they don't win any yeah. um, but look I'm, I'm really proud of I guess the relationships and the rapport that I've built with, you know, not only the players but the coaches and the support staff and I feel like I'm, you know, now at the stage where they legitimately trust me. They know that I'm not a, a hard-hitting journalist trying to break a headline or get a front-page story. They know that post-game I, I just want to go and talk footy and have some fun. Do and you think you can get more out of yourself by bagging them? Doing some hot takes and stuff like that. You're not, you're not, not really you? Nah, not me. <laughs> I'll leave that to Kane Corns. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so I, I'm really, really proud of, of, I guess, yeah, the relationships that I have built and um, I think I've got a lot of trust from the players now, which is good. Do you enjoy the, doing the women's game more or the men's game? Take money and whatever yeah, contract no. length out of it? Oh, that's that's hard because it's different roles. So I'm boundary, obviously, in the AFL yeah. and then for the women's I'm expert. Yeah. Um, I, I really – I love both. I, I, I find – it's funny because you talk less on the boundary, but I find boundary a lot harder than I do kind of expert commentary because yeah. you're kind of just talking about what's happening in front of you, whereas boundary you've got to, you know, interview people and make sure you're asking the right questions and think about what the viewers want at home and, and things like that. Um, but, yeah, so it is hard to pick, but, yeah. Dream job, what, what is it in the footy? Is it expert? Is it commentating boundaries? I, being up there with... Yeah, I've hardly ever said this out loud, only to a few people, but I, I would love to learn to call. call. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's something that I would love to, to do in the future. It's, very it's a right environment. Yeah, and, and Brian Taylor has been awesome for me on that front as well. From the second I, I said it to him, he was like, well, what can I do to help? You know, you can, we can go to the studio, we can do whatever, come to me, or go to... Fitzroy to his joint, like whatever it is, he was just willing to help me. And but I feel like I need to be at a particular level before I let Brian. Have you practice yet? Have you done any? 
Um, just do, uh, on yeah, my own. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, just at home. Yeah, yeah. But, and it is. It's quite challenging. So, oh, no doubt. Yeah. So yeah. that's something that I would love to do in the future, but in terms of a time frame, no idea. Yeah. So Rex Hunt started by calling in. He was sitting in the open. Yeah. He was sitting in the grandstand by by himself. He's an ex, you know, yeah. two hundred game VFL yeah. player at the time. Mm. So y- you just have to start by starting, don't you? Exactly right, and exactly. it's the same with anything. Yeah, you but, just got to start. But nowadays, the, the environment from the EPL down uh, all over the world, they're, they're looking for female callers who are passionate mm. about their job. So um, you'll you will tick the, <laughs> the box if, it, mm. as far as being a, a passionate person who yeah. knows the game, loves the game. Yeah, you'll you'll fit right in. It'll be it's fantastic. Just, it's just the speed of it that gets me. Mm. Yeah, like at least with expert commentary, you've got time to kind of think about what you want to say and pause in play and whatnot, whereas as a caller, you just literally have to, in a split second, talk about what's happening in front of you. So. you for, for the boundary work, do you look at NFL um, boundary riders and yeah, so what, the what they sort of do, or their style well, at all? Or Gary or O'Keefe, once again, our EP, he's always taught he, – he has his eyes across everything. Mm. Obviously, um, as a, an EP of a sporting code, you're always trying to see what they're doing internationally and what's working and what's not. So he's always talking to me about the NFL and, and even the NBA and, and what some of the girls are doing there and people that I should look at and, and things like that. So – yeah, and, and do you take it, or do you, how much of it is? Do you think, well, this is working for me, or how much yeah. can I adjust? Oh, it I take way? on every every little bit of yeah. feedback and and you know, I guess ideas from people that I can. Um, but at the same time, you you also do know what works for you and and what might not, and what makes you feel comfortable and what doesn't. So um, yeah, but you, you certainly do pick up so many things from everybody that's helped you along the journey. What's been some of your faves post game where you get to? Yeah, it's a pretty privileged position, isn't it, to go oh. out there when someone's just won a game of footy? You know what? Like, uh, and I will never take that for granted. Yeah. I will never take that for granted. Going, you know, out, and you, you always speak to, you know, the superstars, the, yeah. the ball magnets or the goal kickers, yeah. the match winners, whoever it might be. Do you get but to pick the person or do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I might kind of liaise with my producer and just be like, yep, we're thinking this, yep, no, yeah. oh no, like go him or. Yeah. Um, Usually best one too. So I work. Uh, similar games that Abby works yeah. and we're always like like on the weekend I worked the Demons game and I was like let's get Daisy Pierce captain last home game and then they're like broadcast broadcast have taken it. I'm like oh. broadcast <laughs> no. always take them full rank full rank exactly. always um where was I going with that? Uh, about some of the best oh yeah you know, so and just that 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 pure emotion for people yeah. who die we know how much people love AFL mm, across the country absolutely you know, they're their favourite players, their favourite teams, whatever it might be, but you bring that level of emotion to them in their living rooms, in their homes. So people are effectively having you there for a reason and they want to hear from these players. So I do always feel quite stressed um, when you, you're trying to, I guess, extract information. And I don't want to just hear about the game, you know. Like I want to hear about different Things which is challenging because you are there to kind of speak about the footy. There's a bit of a lane to stay in. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, as I said, and I've got so much trust and I guess rapport now that they know that I'm not going to try and make them say something silly or, or whatever it is. So was half halftime interviews while you were playing or not? Or did they nah, come in sort of nah. afterwards? Show my thanks for that. Nah, show my <laughs> age, but not nah, halftime interview. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have mind doing. It wouldn't bother me. Yeah. But did you like doing media? Uh, yeah, I didn't mind it. Like, yeah. I've, I'm not a great asker, but I'll if I'll be like you. We, if someone asks me to do something, I'll I'll say yes. Yeah. So like interviews now. When you get flogged by 100 points, <laughs> and you're walking into the footy club yeah. the next day, and they fucking what's wrong with you? Mm. You know that media is hard when no. when you're not going well, and like in like 14 when my body was broken, 
and I wasn't getting a kick early on. You know, they're chasing you around like you've stole something, you know mm. what I mean? Like, I'm going shit out, so I'm, stick, so I'm sticking a camera in my face. Yeah. You can get a bit grumpy then, but... But yeah, no, the media never bothered me. Um, I understand they got a job. The the gossip reporting, yeah, could annoy you a bit. But yeah. oh, I've said this a hundred times. I've never had a problem with the media now reporting on the game. If you thought I played shit or I was whatever, whatever mm. no problems. That's what you're there to do. Um, and on the flip token, on the on the uh, other side, eventually I'm going to play well, and you're going to get all the love for it. Yeah. So, um, so the media didn't doesn't really bother me. Like a bit like I said, I would always say yes. To, to most things because mm. I just say yes to everything, which <laughs> probably which probably <laughs> gets me in tr- which probably gets me in trouble sometimes. There's a difference though between people like Abs on the side, exactly what you just said, mm. trying to bring that experience from the centre of the field into someone's lounge room. Yeah. That's what people want to hear, yeah. and journo's that are chasing you afterwards. They're like, they're trying to get a story, yeah. whereas they're trying to different. make a story. Yeah. Whereas this yeah, is yeah, but if someone asked me, do you want to come on before the game, or you know, I did yeah. some footage show award, do you want to? Yeah, and all the footy club, do you want to do this press conference? Yeah, whatever. Mm. Well, and, it's and fine. that's where, even from my perspective, like we always try and say that we're your broadcast partner, you know, yep. to the players and the coaches and, and, you know, the GMs of footy, whoever it is. Like we're, we're literally trying to tell the stories. Mm. And do you know what's been amazing the last few seasons is many of the coaches pre-game will kind of welcome us into their den We'll go into, you know, the rooms and they've got everything written on the whiteboards or whatever and it's just an open book. It's off the record. Um, There's no cameras. There's no nothing. We can ask, like, Stewie Jew, he's one of my favourites for this. You can ask him anything and he will openly, honest, give you exactly what their plan is. Yep. Um, And and we need more of that because – and one of the things that you ask at, at the start of the season is, what do you want your fans to know? Like, what, what, what style are you trying to bring? Or when the game's on your terms, what does it look like? And then you're, you know, you're telling people at home that that's what they want to do and, and whatnot. So um, when you're working as a broadcast partner, not necessarily, you know, the media, <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's a little bit different. That's just how much the world's changed. So do you reckon McMullinhouse would have been <laughs> pleased for that in 2000, Telling us his game plan? 2000, 2010, yeah, come and have a look at the whiteboard. <laughs> Your fingers would have got slammed in the door. Um, so but that's the thing, I'll that's that mutual trust as yeah. well, of, you know, them trusting us enough to relay and convey their messaging. Um, yeah, it's good. I think a bit of it's also that the a lot of the coaches were players through that era as mm. the media started to change. Yep. And I worked in the footy show 100 years ago in the yeah. late 90s and we half the time we couldn't get a player because they had a big game in three days' time. Mm. <laughs> that was the, uh, was the argument. We couldn't before grand final. Mark Bickley actually changed a lot of that. Yeah. You're, you'd be your hero. Because. <laughs> yeah, great yeah. man. Um, but he's probably changed. Yeah, the game's in three days. We, oh, I can only fuck things up by being overly worried about it now. Yeah. Whereas at the time, the the Dennis Pagan was probably the Mick Mouldhouse type of school as well about mm. shutting everything down. But actually... You can, only, I assume, as an outsider, but you can only fuck things up in your head by upping the pressure three days out. Oh yeah, absolutely. You don't want to replay. People are different, but you don't want to sit there and replay the game a million times in your head because all the your nervous energy and you've wasted so much energy thinking about a game. By the time you get there, you you're mentally exhausted. So mm. I didn't have enough brain power to f- focus on a game <laughs> for seven <laughs> for six days. I needed. I just focused on the two hours of, yeah. of the game day. I just. I don't think about anything. I don't think about footy until. And when I was sitting in meetings during the week, um, yeah. think, think about footy for the two hours. So yeah, if you just were sitting at home thinking, oh, "I got to begin this way, got to begin this way, got to do this, got to do that," for me, I'd be exhausted by the time Saturday afternoon come around. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'd definitely. Hey, um, just during the year, you got into a bit of controversy. I thought it was fantastic. 
No, he gave you an opinion about a Port Adelaide oh, yes. bloke getting oh, through yes. the concussion protocols. Yeah. Now that all the noise has died down, tell us what you were thinking at the time, what happened afterwards and, uh, you know, what you learned going forward. Because to me it was you were calling it on your own opinion, mm, your own knowledge of yeah. what you were seeing. That's your job. Yeah. So good on you. Thank you. Um, that was a bit of a challenging week because yeah. what I've learned is that I'm not a medical professional <laughs> and you should never wow. yeah. <laughs> you should never question. Should are you an epidemiologist? Uh, I am. You yeah. are? Yeah. No. And sorry, and sorry, for those who don't remember, it's Port Adelaide. Uh, Ken Hinckley uh, yeah. had a crack back. And what was the play? who was the player? Do you remember? You would probably... I know Zach Butters was one of them. Yeah. Um, I can't remember concussion who they protocol were that you were questioning yeah. whether he could go back on. So what what happened? So game was in the balance. Yep. Um, literally less than a kick in it, and mm-hmm. two players massive head clash. Yes. What, it, what it looked to be, yep. and, and you know I'm sure many people have seen the replays mm. a million times. But if that was so, what was it? Five or six minutes to go in the yeah. game. So really, game in the balance kind of situation. If that was in the first quarter, if that was in the third quarter, whenever it might have been, like I, I was just thinking that maybe it would have been handled a little bit differently. Um, and as I said, big learnings, never question mm. medical professionals because people will come up. They get nasty, they'll, they'll come they? up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and look, I certainly wasn't questioning them at all. No. But it was just the, the case, of if, that w- if that incident was at a different time of the game, would it have been handled differently? Would there have been a 20-minute concussion protocol? And based on the incident itself, where head-on-head contact, I probably would have said yes. Um, but as you said, at that point in time, you have to call it as you see it. Yep. Um, you know, and I, I would still do exactly what I did, but probably just word it a little bit differently Yeah. Um, around the, the doctors and the physios and, and that kind of thing because I know I'm not a medical professional, but, yeah, it, it was I just... Stick to your guns. Yeah. No, that. <laughs> but it's just, you know, the rules within the AFL at the moment, you know, yeah. they're so, I guess, bullish around concussion and they need to be. Yep. Um, so that was more, I guess, where I was I read it from. that you were saying there's a 20-minute concussion protocol. Yeah. It's late in the game. Yeah. How come this isn't being applied here? Yeah. That is a legitimate question every day of the week. And that's your that's Now your it's job for them to though. answer yeah. it. It's yeah. for them to answer it. And that's the thing. Like I, I had from everybody kind of in the industry, um, you know, I guess callers and expert commentators, boundary writers, everybody said, no, you did the right thing. Yeah. But even, um, you know, from a seven perspective, it was probably just my language around it. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I certainly don't want to question medical staff because they're the best in the business and you weren't no no you weren't you were posing a question for someone else to answer yes yeah that's all that was yeah do you know that people can take things out of context then? <laughs> social <laughs> media Never. Place, Never. Yeah. how do you deal with social media um you, you yeah look it's interesting isn't it <laughs> yes. it's a beast of a thing um and look i you know when you work in the media you open yourself up to criticism because everybody's got an opinion which is absolutely fine yeah um, it's taken me a long time to get used to it, I guess, and not take things to heart and, and personally. But the hardest part for me is, and I only, I, I yeah, told this story not that long ago, actually, last week. But um, so obviously with my job, it unfortunately comes with the territory of working in the media. You're going to get smacked. You're going to get it. But my mum, bless her, she lives up in Darwin. She's so proud. She sits down. She gets. She knows my weekly calendar, what games I'm on, everything. And she sits there with her coffee and she watches. And, and she sits there with the utmost pride, right? And then she gets messages from people saying, your daughter's an embarrassment. Like, you should be so ashamed. She butchers the English language. And that, that to me, 
that breaks my heart is the fact that it's not just necessarily focused or aimed at me, which once again you have to un- yeah you have to accept it when you work in in this space. But when people message my mum, that's not okay, and, and because she yeah she's the most beautiful human being ever, um, and she gets messages like that like. And she's not used to this world. She's not used to this space. She goes about her business on a day-to-day basis. How does Deidre react in that situation, Dane? Mum, there's the thing get me. Mum's... The only time it... it, I I actually find the negative stuff funny, so it doesn't bother me, you know what I mean? Like I Like, I enjoyed... Like, me and Jono would, after play away games, would go on, like, the... Fan sites and stuff like, <laughs> oh and we just we just we we sit, sit there in a game we like piss ourselves laughing at all, especially if we lost. Like <laughs> how funny all the, before it was a thing. Yeah, and like yeah. go on yeah, like, the the the, fa- the footy fan websites. I forgot what it's called. It's been that long, but yeah. like we'd go on like the Collingwood discussion, and like we've just been flogged by Adelaide. We're sitting in a hotel room together, mate. We'd take photos and send it to all the boys and go, "Hey, <laughs> you're getting fucking hammered, Trav. Like, have a look at this." And we just, geez, I've copped it, I've copped it, and we'd find it funny because. Would Trev find it funny? Probably not. Uh, well, we'd be telling the same thing. How the fuck can you miss by that far, you fucking idiot? Trav, you're 15 metres out. Come oh on, man. God. Handball it to one of us then if that's what it's going to be. But So I found it funny and interesting. A lot of people would get so worked up that they need yeah. to run to somewhere and abuse someone who... Take time out yeah, of their exactly. day. So, yeah, exactly. And, and, go and I guess the other thing is I probably deal better with negative stuff than probably... Like I get real uncomfortable if someone's like... Like, you know, give me a compliment. <laughs> where I, 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 I deal better in the mud than I do. Like, we know exactly. I'm much suited. I'm much better suited to the mud. Your where crown all the is dirt. made of mud. I can, but, I can so think of a Collingwood person who who didn't necessarily play, but didn't take criticism. No, as no, well as it wasn't great. <laughs> no. So, but the one time with my parents, so you know, obviously I've fucked up a couple of times and been the paper for the wrong thing. Have you? But yeah. so that's that's like Bill exactly what I've said that when it says affects your parents that's when yeah. so what after Caro wrote that big article I think I should be sacked and all this kind of shit and I just won the Brownlow obviously so I was you know I was kind of okay <laughs> um, you know I'll open the door to go home see parents and you your mum's there then mum as soon as she sees you starts crying yeah. you know what I mean like yeah. you know because you know you'll always be her little boy yeah, or little girl totally. and stuff like that. so. That's when you're like, oh, well, fuck her. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? But personally, for me, not a problem. People can write whatever yeah. they I can mm. give a fuck. But when you go and you see it affects yeah. your family and you're outside, you know, you're all your family, that's – and thankfully I didn't have old old enough kids to be able to deal with that. So, but, yeah, when it affects your family, you think, geez, okay, it's not just you, it affects mm. – maybe I should just pull my head in a bit <laughs> in the last couple of days and like, you're out the next weekend and you're carrying on again. But, so, yeah, but – so, for instance, it's exactly the same. Like you when get, you see you your get, parents, you just gave me a flashback. I got Mary Schwartz and Di Crawford together, who you wouldn't believe it had the same problem with the same journalist. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, a couple of. I think more than them two. Are. I was just trying to find. My nan wrote her a letter. Yeah, is that right? Yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. That would yeah. Be gold. Did yeah. she? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, my nan. My nan could do nothing oh, wrong. I could yeah. do nothing wrong. Nan's eyes. Nan, I probably yeah. probably deserve this clip. <laughs> <laughs> no, you didn't. Yeah, you know, I probably deserve that one too. But nan, nan did write a. a Reasonably aggressively worded letter. But that's the thing. It's just I was just trying to find some of the messages. Yeah. People can be so cruel and so awful. Yeah. And as you said, like, if it's targeted at you, no worries. But when it is... Hold up. 
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Your family, that's when that's it cuts bizarre. deep. And, and yeah, yeah, that, that's what's shit about uh, it. I always say in that space before they took the dislike buttons off on YouTube. Born to Run by Bruce Springsteen had, I think, 10,000 dislikes. Yeah. I don't, well, fucking anyone can dislike anything. Totally. Like imbeciles. Like. You can be the juiciest peach in the shop, but <laughs> yeah. not everybody loves peaches. Yeah, there exactly. we go. You know? Yeah. There's a little homily for us. <laughs> <laughs> so nice. I not think, everybody likes peaches. Uh, firstly, congratulations with your career, ongoing success, and appreciate you coming in. Enjoy Thank the you break. So much. Enjoy the break. Thank yeah. you, guys. Yeah. I will. Awesome.